0: Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hello. <laughs> nice. I was uh, being made fun of by my friend Joe for starting every podcast that sounded like this. Hey, welcome to the podcast. So I thought we would try a more formal entrance. What do you think? I, you know,
1: I, I didn't say there was a problem with the original one. I just found it humorous that...
0: Well, hello from uh, Boulder, Colorado. This is uh, Father John and my good friend Joe. Joe to be a deacon in uh, 14 months. 14 months, yeah. Something like that. We're getting close. We're getting excited about that. And you'll get to see another one through in podcast time eventually. Uh, Our good buddy being a priest. The uh, topic today is going to be interesting. Before we get to that, we need to make a little disclaimer. We just went to a Cajun restaurant for brunch And we're going to be falling into a sleep coma in about seven minutes.
1: That's right. So this is going to be a short one.
0: We had beignets and uh, what was that coffee called? Uh,
1: I don't know. The one that was like half milk, half cream.
0: Oh, cafe au lait. It's not a cafe latte. Was it good? It was good. It was happy.
1: It sounds like all mostly milk.
0: Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, But uh, for those of you who might be listening from Louisiana, thank you for beautiful, wonderful food. Yeah, it was that good that we had today. From it uh, was good. It's all,
1: it's all like sinking right in the bottom. Of you my can stomach feel right it just sinking
0: right in. All that gravy. Bloated, yep. Oh, that's I should right. never should have ordered extra gravy. It was a big mistake, but <laughs> that's okay. We have these crazy winds in Boulder, and uh, so they're probably going to keep us kind of alert because every uh, couple minutes it feels like the house is going to blow over. It's crazy. I guess they're called Chinook winds. Really? Yeah, a student told me that, another moderate fan of the podcast. It sounds
1: like somebody's uh, making fun of you.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. So anyways, it's windy. We're a little tired, sleep coma, but we're happy to be with you. And I'm happy to hear what Mr. Doman has to uh, say to us today.
1: That's right. Well, John knows what we're going to say, and you would know since you clicked on it. Uh, in fact, th- so there's this video on YouTube... We've had a few requests from our email uh, correspondence listener land uh, to respond to it or do some sort of commentary on it or whatever. So, this is kind of what this is going to be. This video, if you haven't checked it out, and you, although everybody listens to this, listens to podcasts, and most people listen to podcasts are up on these things. Right. Uh, so, we're right? behind, actually. Yeah, I'm not. This is like. Two weeks old, January tenth. This video was posted by a guy named Jefferson Bethke. I don't know how you say his last name, um, okay. but you know he's like this hip guy in a leather jacket, and he's somewhere doing this like half rap, half talking poem that he wrote about why he hates religion and he loves Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, So we thought, in fact, in response to it, John has prepared a nice little half-rap poem. I have not. That he's going to share with us now.
0: I have not, but I did see a priest half-rapping it um, on a video that somebody sent me. And know, it was a response. Oh, really? And I was terrified. Anytime you see priests like doing anything with like hip hop or rap, I, I'm immediately very nervous. But it's actually pretty good.
1: Is that the one with the guy in the cassock?
0: Yes. Yeah, that was
1: that was pretty good. Very yeah. good, and
0: the content was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But that initial kind of, uh, oh, yeah. like, no, Father, like, please stop, please stop. So, uh, but uh, he did a good job. So I don't <laughs> know his name, Jefferson Airplane, some Jefferson something. Airplane, yeah, something like that. So I'm actually uh, kind of new to this topic, but I know it's important because it's affecting my students up here at the university. Yeah,
1: it's very fascinating how much, I think when I checked it out this morning, it had like
0: 17 million hits Whoa! in two weeks. which That must have been a sweet leather jacket.
1: (laughs) I think that's what people were interested in. That's what, it always gets it. Oh, I know, but it's fascinating how popular it's been because it's really not, I mean, I don't know what your impression was, but I was kind of like, yeah, it's the same stuff. It's kind of the same, you know, it's nothing we haven't heard before.
0: I felt like he was making explicit in a media form what, most of our generation genuinely feels which is religion is bad religion causes wars jesus is nice he's good we should love jesus
1: that's right how do we get rid of the religion part of people who like jesus and just keep the jesus part exactly that's the good part a lot of my non-catholic
0: friends they explicitly believe there's an explicit belief of that and the church is kind of included in this whole religion thing tradition all this stuff authority um but then I see it even kind of implicitly playing out in more subtle ways with Catholics of our generation and younger. So
1: Right, right. Yeah. It's really interesting. And so uh if you haven't checked out the video, you might want to stop listening to the podcast right now Pause. to watch it. It's like three or four minutes long. Right. It's not it's not that it won't take too much of your time. Um, but it's worth listening to just to hear what he has to say. And you know what? I listen to this and I'm like, there's a lot of there's a lot of good things that he's saying, but I definitely want to nuance I would I would nuance a lot a lot of what he says. Good. Um, so that's kind of what we're just gonna like just kind of look at some of the things he says and and what do we do with it you know right. um so the big the big push as john said is the separation of you know we want we want Jesus and we want to take out the religion he, he says like uh what does he say here he says you know it started all these wars you built these you build these big churches you know and religion builds big churches but they don't feed the poor right you know and it's just like well you know wars are part of kind of a part of humanity and 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 if there is times where religion has started wars and there's times where if he's calling out, like, hypocrisy in religion, I'm like, dude, I'm with you. Right. Because I'm, like, you know, we're definitely both allies in the sense that anytime you see hypocrisy and sin um, where people are saying one thing and they're doing the externals and the outside, the ritualism, but there's no internal conversion, it's like, yeah, this is this is a great problem. Let's but,
0: check your Greek real, Greek real quick. The etymology of hypocrisy, hupo. Hippo. Huper.
1: Okay, so hupo is under? a Hupair. Huper, oh, so that would be over. Over. Or above. Super. Kratos. And cre- judgment. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. you're above judgment. Oh, yeah. The hypocrite finds himself to be above judgment. That would make sense. Nice work. You passed your test. Oh, thank you. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. That's great. Um,
1: so, yeah. So, I don't know. What do you want to talk about first with this?
0: Well, I think the big thing is that this is a, f- um, this is a postmodern phenomenon. That's kind of what I w- would love to hear you kind of flesh out for us. Like, this is just unique to this epic in time. Only in a post-Christian world would you ever hear something like the lines of, like, I'm going to reject religion and Mm. try and and follow Jesus, love Jesus. Yeah, that's kind of uh, the—I mean, and we're speaking kind of simplistically
1: with broad terms here, so there's— As we we, always do. Exactly. So this is—the situation is a little more complicated than this, but this is a very common Protestant evangelical thing. right. To say that we want Jesus, but we don't want organized religion. We right. don't want, so we have these non-denominational churches. No, we don't want to denominate. We don't want to kind of draw any lines anywhere. We just come if you want, hear the gospel. Jesus died for your sins. And that, and at the end of the video, that's what he ends up saying. You know, right. This is where I was. I was a life of sin, and I was I was faking it. But then, you know, Jesus died for my sins, and now I'm.
0: So what uh, uh, we can, can start with, in terms of um, agreement with Jefferson, yes. is uh, the basic gospel message, which he subscribes to. Agreed. Jesus is God, and He his redemptive act on the cross, and his resurrection conquers death and sin. And by that, I, through the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, I share in that, and I have been brought to life. That's right.
1: Yeah, we definitely, we definitely we agree, agree with that. agree with that. That's great. That's great. And the thing that Catholics— We're happy about that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the thing that, as Catholics, I think, and this is part of our— Really, I think a part of central part of our mission with this podcast, uh, and any sort of catechesis we do with people in the pews, is that being Catholic isn't just a bunch of rules. Right. It's not just a bunch of externals. Right. You know, if you don't have a subjective response where you're actually entering into a relationship right. with persons, right. divine persons, you know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the liturgy and all the things we do, aren't you're not encountering at the deepest level of your soul uh, a, a personal relationship, then... You know, you're, this is all for naught. You right, know, right. you need to have you need to have a personal relationship, uh, and those things are important. But the reason it's important is so it gives meaning to the external things we do. Right. So the, the sacraments, the life of the church, the liturgy, right. this, the church is everything. Uh, these are all expressions of an interior reality. Right. And that's kind of the big a big Catholic thing that sacraments and sacramentals and everything they're all exterior, visible expressions. Of the interior invisible realities, realities. Um, yeah. of and the invisible realities of grace, the invisible realities of forgiveness, uh, but there's external expressions of these, like absolutely sacraments, of holy water, you know, at baptism, and and Protestants have some of these things like baptism, but uh, but they're much more of there's much more of an abstraction, right? You know, um, so we see this. It's a common thing with the Protestant evangelicals, and then the other side of that with this like New Age, non Christian thing is like, well, I'm, I'm spiritual. But I'm not I'm religious. Not religious. You know, yeah. that, but they, they both kind of lead this whole I want Jesus, but no religion. I want right. spiritual, but not religion. They're all just, they basically end up in an abstraction. Right. Where it doesn't, what does that look like in your life, though?
0: Right. My first thought when I saw this was um, it's always interesting that when you want to reject mm. the church, because that's what essentially this is about, it's about some kind of collective Christian thing, you know? Uh, when you want to reject that, the first the thing that always happens is you isolate Jesus from the Trinity. Notice he doesn't say, um, I hate religion, but I love the Trinity. Mm. It's just Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. So not only on, on the earthly side, you're rejecting the church that Jesus institutes, but the reason you don't see that is because you don't see Jesus in the Trinitarian life, so mm. to speak. You don't say, I, I reject—there's I, no personal relationship with the Holy Spirit or with the, let alone with the Father. And right. so if you remove Christ from the context of community, then it's understandable why what follows from that would be to isolate yourself— from the community
1: exactly because all you knew, it's all it's all just in my my head and grace and in my life and it's changing my life and i can have other people around because it's because we're humans and we want to have people we want to have a community but when it comes down to it it's just about me and jesus right and that's all it becomes and actually a lot of the things that he says aren't new things right. i mean the phenomena that everybody is kind of thinking this way is is it's a phenomenon of our generation like you said in our the postmodern age but uh what he, a lot of things of what he's saying is, is just coming from Luther. Right. Um, so if you know Luther, Luther's big thing was justification through grace. Um, and that, that comes out in early Luther that, that he ends up expanding on that a lot to rejecting a lot of the sacraments and, and the church ultimately. Um, and he even wrote a book on this idea of freedom. This uh, I think he wrote the book he wrote uh, Luther wrote is called Freedom the Freedom of the Christian right and that was that's kind of a and the whole thing is about freedom from institutionalism freedom from these external things and because at Luther's time there were some real cr- I mean I'd love to do a podcast on Luther because there were some crazy things that Luther witnessed and right. in some ways when I read about the times I'm like Luther had some good points because there were some scandalous things going on in the church that ended up being reformed right um, but there's some legitimate critiques in Luther but he just goes over the edge with it. But one of the big things he was about freedom from the institution right. and justification through grace. So we can talk about both of those. Let's talk about justification through grace. Sounds good. So how how would you sum up that whole doctrine of justification through of, grace? G, or sorry, you of Luther. Lutherans. Yeah.
0: So um, we always have to think when when we enter into kind of Luther Luther's head, so to speak, everything's dialectic, right? There's not the Catholic kind of thing with uh, theologically is both and. So it's um, grace and nature. Mm. It's works you know, and grace. It's it's always scripture and tradition, both and, at, at theology. And Luther uh, has a whole different kind of presupposition to the way he does theology, which is it's either or. Either or. Right. It's either the law of the Old Testament or it's the grace of Jesus. Yeah. It's either the tradition of the church or it's the scripture. So sola scriptura. Mm. It's either faith you know, or reason. So it's sola fide. These are the kind of the fundamental principles of Lutheran right. thought. So Only also, faith, only scripture. Only faith, only scripture. So we have to always think like there's this dialectic at work and he's rejecting the very essence of, of truth. So the the long story short is that man is justified completely by grace uh, and there's nothing, no merit whatsoever and there's no, there's no goodness in him whatsoever. The And that goes back to Genesis chapter 3. What happened in original sin, man was totally annihilated, like mm. just decimated. There was nothing good in him. So his, our ability to reason, our will, there's no like good in it that we're kind of struggling and we make mistakes and we fail and we sin, but it's just completely destroyed. Yeah. So grace becomes something that's completely different. He has this famous line, uh, man is simul justus et peccator. He's simultaneously just and sinner. There's no grace building on nature. It's just this complete separation. So you enter into grace and you're saved, and has nothing to do. It doesn't transform your nature, so to speak. There, that's right. first cut.
1: Yeah, no, so. that's great. And it, all it is is just this one justification through grace. It's just one choice, this one acceptance of the grace of Christ, and then nothing else really matters mm-hmm. in the end. I mm-hmm. mean, and I think Jefferson says that in his. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me in his in his uh poem rap thing where he says you know religion says do you got to do something whereas jesus says done you know it's already done it's all behind you all you got to do is just say yes right. accept and he gets some of these and you know paul in letter of the romans talks about grace and we're saved by we're saved by grace but there's this whole idea of justification through grace alone through faith is uh is explicitly Rejected and in, in the scriptures as well, and, right. and Luther tended to gloss over some of these things. But I mean, you have James; he talks about you know faith apart from works is dead,
0: right? You know, and, so there's obviously some. And he hated James because he he read his theological agenda into the scriptures, so he, he called James the the epistle of straw, and he wanted to get rid of it. He actually wanted to throw yeah, it out of the out of the right. canon.
1: But even if you get rid of James, I mean, even in the gospel Matthew 25, that parable of the sheep and the goats, right. where Jesus is separating, and in the end, the whole message of that parable. Is in the end those who are saved and those who aren't saved the difference between the two is what they did and did not do. Right, right. Uh, you know the ones who the sheep are the ones who, you know, they fed they you know they fed Jesus they gave him they welcomed the stranger they uh, uh, clothed the naked. You know, and that we've done to the least of these. you've And, done for and it's day.
0: funny because uh, he's he's condemning hypocrisy. Whenever you condemn hypocrisy, well the church does this. Well, it doesn't feed the poor well why does that feed the poor right yeah if it's all about exactly. what's done instead of what I have to do well why does that even matter so you can't you know I mean you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth so to speak
1: no it's true it's true so Luther was just kind of I mean just to sum up then it's, it's not about the church it's not about the sacraments and this whole idea of justification through grace in Luther's time what ended up happening was there was a a demonizing right. really of eccle- anything in ecclesial right. life in the church's life um, and works anything that was works that was religion right um and that's kind of what you see in this video. Uh, that That's the, at least the feel you get. And this is the tradition that he's coming out of in Protestantism, which is all flowing from Luther to some degree. And it's all obviously broken from Luther as well. Um, but that anything anything ecclesial, anything that's like ritualistic, sacraments, church, this is this is this is works and this is a rejection of the grace of god yeah
0: and it even goes so so extreme to say some people are like this is from hell the church is the whore of babylon because she's leading people astray trying to get them to save prove their own salvation and do their own things which is never you know is being said but yeah it's never it's, so
1: yeah and so there are uh there's yeah it's important to see that
0: this is a good topic and you know why because it's got content because our our last uh <laughs> Did you see our last iTunes um, review? No. We were referred to as the Catholic Beavis and Butthead. and uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> I know. Which one's Beavis? Uh, that's a good question. We're both blonde, so I don't know. Uh, don't. I know you're into it. I'm do that. sorry. I just couldn't wait. The uh, um, So this is real good that we have all this content. Can you do your Beavis laugh? No. <laughs> Something like that. The, you know, college kids don't even know what we're talking about because I was like in the early 90s. It's I hard know. to believe we're like 15 years we're old, out no. of Beavis and Butthead. But I yeah. was like, why can't we be like. Uh, I don't know, like Bill and Ted, you know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, instead of Beavis and butt I don't know. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'll take that. I'll, take,
1: I'll take Bill and Ted, so if anybody wants to write an iTunes rebuttal.
0: Be excellent to one another. In the review, that'd be great. Well, there you go, that would be good. Mm-hmm. The uh, um, But going back to this topic, this is everywhere. You know, it starts with Luther theologically, and then scriptures get read um, according to this kind of worldview, according to this theological construct, uh, but we're now five hundred years in. People have been kind of building on this for five hundred years. And I think it's important, like you said earlier, like this is not anything new. People were saying this in the modern period. No, it's kind of in the, the same old it's the same old it's stuff. It's always been there. And it's actually interesting to compare um this guy's seventeen million viewers uh and what he sang with Arius, you know, fourth century, who used music, some kind of, you know, lyrical, some kind of poetic thing yeah. to spread his heresy. A diff- obviously a different thing but um yeah to really yeah, don't hold- be sucked in by the flashiness right. the flashy leather jacket yeah i mean it's like okay you can say that you can say there's, you know religion is bad and jesus is good but then you better cut out of your scripture everything that has to do with the father and the trinity as well as the church the kingdom of god and then anytime jesus ever talks about doing anything you know and how that ties yeah. into salvation <laughs> you cut all that out and i think you got a good argument for mm-hmm. how that uh, that works, but... Yeah, and I, I've, I've wondered a lot, like, when people have told me,
1: oh, I'm spiritual, not religious, and this is a very... I'm sure everybody who's listening has heard that uh, at one time or another. Like, what's behind that? Like, why do people want spiritual spirituality? Why do people want Jesus and not want religion? Do like, you know, what what, is it? You know
0: what my theory is? What's your theory? They don't want morality.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to guess. There's they don't want a,
0: morality. If you're spiritual, then, like... Like like Buddhism is extremely hedonistic. It's crazy. You know, like when you get you get into it a little bit, it's there's some really bizarre things and that's kind of what we like. Like I like complete moral freedom, moral autonomy. I'm kind of the arbiter, I'm the legislator of what is morally acceptable or mm. not. I don't have to change my life if I just kinda of follow Jesus. If I if being, if action has nothing to do, if everything's just done and I just kind of like grateful for what Jesus did and I'm saved, then I don't actually have to stop sleeping with my girlfriend or worry about if I'm drinking too much or even if I'm going to church on Sundays or these kind of things. Well, do you know what else I think it is? I mean, kind of tied up with that too,
1: though, is authority. Yeah. Like we don't want, want, and this is kind of part of our American psyche too, we don't want somebody else telling us what to do. And the moral life is an expression of that. Like so many difficulties that people have with the church regarding its moral teaching is that, you know, who are these people to tell me what I can and can't do, Absolutely. you know? And I still want to go to church. I still want to have Jesus. But when it comes to morality, yeah, I don't really want somebody who's kind of an external imposition upon my freedom right. that has nothing to do with my happiness. Right, um, And we, we reject that. Uh, and I think that's a big part of this is
0: all wrapped up together. Morality, people don't want morality, and people definitely don't want authority. Absolutely, that's the two evils, and that's what I deal with up mm-hmm. here a lot of times. It's like, how can I, how can I? Today, I gave a a homily about what I call the four unspeakables. Maybe we'll do a podcast on this. And I said to the <laughs> the, the congregation, because I'm in Boulder, and it's very, very sensitive, um, very liberal, and very, very sensitive to these things, to authority and morality. And I said to him, I said, you know, as long as I don't ever speak about these four issues, abortion, contraception, homosexuality, um, and divorce. You will love me and I will go to hell. And they laughed. And then I said, If as long as and and then I said, if I speak about these four issues, abortion, contraception, homosexuality, and divorce in a harsh, judgmental, condemning way, you will hate me and I will go to hell. And So I said this is kind of a perilous thing for me to go through. But I had a very interesting conversation with a young guy on Friday afternoon who came into my office precisely with this. He wasn't speaking about the video, but he essentially said, What what is religion? Like what is it? And his questions were more about like kind of the um, the world religions and kind of the the um, the differentiations that we see kind of in different cultures. A fascinating conversation.
1: That is really. cool. But I said to him,
0: "Is every man is religious inherently religious? Everyone's mm-hmm. spiritual. They have a soul. They have spiritual capacities. But as long as we've seen, we have human um, evidence of human life." Of authentically human life, we have religious expressions. They're worshiping the sun. They're drawing, you know, things on rocks. They're they're offering sacrifices. Whatever it is, right. And you can say to that, yeah, that's so weird. I'm happy we're beyond that. Mm. Or you can say there's something inherent to the nature of man that is religious. Oh yeah, and this is beautiful because he talks about this in the video too. He talks about how religion is a
1: man made thing. Right. It's man searching for God, right. whereas Christianity is is God searching for man. Right. That's actually one of those lines that I really kind of love in that right. video because I'm like. I I totally agree with that. I, Which is true. It's true. I mean, there's something religious in us, and religion, just like man searching for God, that's not a bad thing. That is that's that's something that God's placed in us. He's made our hearts restless until they rest in Him, and that's our religion. Like, anywhere you see humanity, like you said, and throughout the history of history or whatever we know of history, you see re- expressions of religious sentiment, and Christianity is not just another religion. Right. It is man. It, you know. Man all over the world and all throughout creation is searching for God, and then Christianity is when God breaks through and reveals His face in Jesus Christ and speaks His word right. and is is coming. God's heart is restless until it rests in us. You know, like God is is searching for us. Absolutely, um, and that's why. But, but that doesn't religion and and Christianity in that sense aren't mutually exclusive. They're actually they're actually a great you know religion is the expression of is the acceptance of God's. For well, us, check yeah.
0: this out, Jim. Oh, sorry. His nickname is Jim. And so but, is yours. And so is mine. But the uh, this will blow your mind. This is how we can see Luther right behind uh, Jefferson or whatever his name is on the video. Yeah. If nature is corrupted, completely destroyed, Ooh. Check, you see where I'm going, Stone. then the religious tendency in man is completely de- corrupted and destroyed. So when the definitive disclosure of God, which is God see- seeking man, like you're saying, is not the fulfillment of man's religious tendency because man's religious tendency is completely screwed up. Every cave drawing, every sacrifice, every offering is just fundamentally evil if nature is completely destroyed. Right. But if nature is deeply wounded, then the religious tendency in man, man essentially, which is man's desire to transcend himself, to encounter that which is greater than him, then man is struggling and it's broken and it's confused, but there's beauty and there's goodness in it as well. And that's why we say that Church rejects nothing that is good, true, and beautiful in these other religions. We yeah. know that from Vatican two. And Christ, God, definitively fulfills that in his son.
1: Which is so awesome because this is, this is why I think Catholicism and its understanding of this actually resonates much more with our postmodern experience in the world right now because we want to look around as good postmodern Americans in a, in a increasingly secularized world look around and be like, well, this is really good. And this right. is really good. And there's other religions. There was, and the Catholic church will say, yes, yeah. like God has planted something in every human soul that is fundamentally good and yeah. fundamentally beautiful and longing for him. But it's like you said, it's not destroyed. It's deeply wounded. And so it's, we need, we need grace, but, it, but there's a fundamental something. There's something fundamental in all of humanity that is good. And there's, some things that are much good, better than others, you know, um, but there are, there's something there. And we, St. Justin Martyr, who's one of the church fathers from the second century, he talked about the the seeds of the logos, the mm-hmm. seeds of the word, Christ being the word of God, and how he sees the seeds of the logos planted all all across humanity. You know, so he was using this in reference to the Greek philosophers, you know, saying that, yes, not everything they say is right, but there's so much, there's a lot of truth in what they're saying because God is even revealing himself to, to them in a, in a way that is unclear and it is not the fullness of revelation that we have in Christianity, but he's already at work in the hearts of all. And so that, that, I think that, I think a lot of people would want to accept that. They want to say, they want to look around and be like, yeah, this is good. This is good. Um, and obviously it's not all good and there's something different. There's something unique about Christianity that we, is indispensable and that we need. But, uh, and it's, uh,
0: as our, a good professor, Dr. Joel Barstad, always says to be Catholic means to see good wherever it is. Yeah. And it's interesting to think of the more that we grow in the grace of Christ, the more we're able to see the good in everything, in every religious expression. Because when we, when we watch that video, because we're in the West, we think, um, oh, well, he hates Christianity, he hates the church, right? But he loves Jesus. But that means you also hate Islam, you hate Buddhism, you hate Hinduism, you hate everything. Yeah. You hate every religious expression man has ever given. Mm -hmm. including uh, Judaism, the whole Old Testament. God works for thousands of years through religious expressions of man in a covenant, in a preparation for the definitive moment of Jesus. Mm -hmm.
1: And this is why Jesus says, even himself, I did not come to abolish the law. Right. I mean, you could could hear in that, I did not come to abolish religion, because that's what the law, I mean, based on his definition or, or implicit definition of religion, the law of the Old Testament would be religion. Right. And Jesus himself says, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Right. And so God, like you said, preparing Judaism uh, through Judaism, preparing the world for His own coming, and He He is the sacrificial lamb. You know, He is the fulfillment of the law. You know, the law says this, and Jesus says, gives even a, another more radical moral norm. Um, you know, like you say, you know, love your love your friends. He says, I say, love your enemies. Right. You
0: know, um, and we really could say uh, He came not to abolish religion but to fulfill it. It's definitely true. And religion is not something that's man made. It's not a construct. It is a, a a word that we use to express a reality that is all that is an es- of the essence of human nature mm-hmm. we have to redeem that we can't just toss it out yeah. and call ourselves really spiritual you know exactly um so we but you're right we that. we do want to be
1: freedom though is I think one of the issues we're going to wrap up here in a bit but i uh I do want to tie this back to the other thing we said about Luther and his his idea of freedom, you know freedom from institutions, and I can see why this echoes in you know the people who are watching this YouTube video the seventeen million people who are watching this because America' is very much about that mm-hmm. it's very deep in the American psyche to have is freedom you know and freedom from external restraints and freedom from authority you know that's kind of what we're based on giving the authority back to the individuals to the people the American people and there's I'm not condemning that by any means right but you can see a lot of that though is rooted in a false understanding of what freedom is right which is a whole nother topic to go into but
0: um which we're not going to do now, but some of these we kind of circulate through different. You can mm-hmm. see how, like, you, you get below the surface on a lot of these issues, and you get back to the same things: the questions of authority, the questions of morality, questions of tradition, um, and the and the church. I mean, really right. at her heart, what is she? And we yeah. kind of always are kind of moving in and out of that. Yeah, it's cool. This it's, is just a very interesting, very very interesting and complicated yeah, topic. But an important but, one. but but keep in mind though that Christ
1: and I was just talking to our good friend Father Brian Larkin, and he was. He shared this in a homily. I think he just gave it he this week. He never listens to this podcast. He yeah. can say whatever he <laughs> Exactly. But he watched this video and commented on it in his homily. But he said um, he just reminded his congregation of Matthew sixteen eighteen, where Christ says to Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. And his point was that Christ says, upon this rock, I will build my church. Right. You know, and so the church, and this is something that this isn't a work of men. You know, men are involved in cooperators of grace, but this is the work of Christ. And we must, because Jesus isn't just a spirit, but he became flesh, he became man. And the church, he calls his body. This is how his very flesh, and not just his spirit, is prolonged throughout history. And we're given access through the physical the physical things around us to the very substance of Christ. Mm-hmm. And his presence, physical presence, is prolonged throughout history through the church that he is building right. and continues to build. So, I mean, you just got to be careful when you say, ah, I, I reject any form of organized religion by one Jesus, because it's like, well, Jesus said he was building something for you, and it's still here, and this is how we and we encounter Christ through the sacraments, through the physical things, through the mystical body. Um, so just
0: just parting words, good and, to keep that in and mind. And it's good to say that, like, hey, man, we didn't do this. <laughs> exactly. Jesus did it, you know. We didn't, build, we didn't make this church thing. He made it this way, and he made it divinely instituted, but fully human beings and pretty messy, mm. and uh, so we don't have to, you know. That's true.
1: So. It's messy. Hey, but when you say that, you know, you don't feed the poor and you build big churches. Come on, you sound a lot like Judas. Yeah, who you know oh, said, yeah. "Hey, because you know, we all know that." You know, Judas is the one who said, "Hey, you know, don't don't waste that precious oil. We could sell that and give it to the poor." Right. And what does Christ say? You know?
0: There's the kidney shot at the end of the podcast. That's right. Nice touch.
1: But Jefferson, I, I, there's a lot of good things in what this guy's doing. Um, but like I said, I want to affirm what he said that's good. Faith but is we important. We distinctions. You know, Christ really. I mean, he has done the work, and without Christ, it's all for naught. Grace is essential to our lives and central. Uh, but we got to nuance some things he said because it's dangerous to Absolutely. kind of play with those things. So,
0: and it's doing a, it's very destructive. Yes. If Seventeen million kids are watching this, and they're going to pick up this pithy phrase. The theological implications of this are massive. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, so it's. Uh, so, there you go. Good, Good work. stuff. So, you got an email for I us. I got a nice email. Are we going to talk about yoga again? Nope. And why this it's is actually from, bad? No, this is from Hugh Dowell. Hugh? Hugh. He's Canadian. So, I uh, should probably read it The Canadian Accent Theory. Um, that might be offensive. Hey, uh, Father John, Joe, Nathan, and the other Wouldn't God put district. it past you. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's more Ontario. Uh, and uh, not. He's from the West. He's from either Banff or. Or Saskatoon, I'm not sure.
1: Well, while you're looking, you should say something about
0: yoga because we've gotten some questionable. We're going to come back. I'm going to do a yoga revisited podcast because there's a lot of good things that we're getting, and we got to But I want to take more time. Okay, just doing a quickie on that. So, um, so he started listening to this a year ago, and he's wanted to write a few times. But since you always encourage the listeners to write in, but I never felt like I had anything to say. I'm not sure, but I'm going to do it now, anyways. He said. So Hugh we're very happy you listened. He uh, he said something funny here before I get to the main. He said I live in uh, Banff, Alberta, right in the heart of the Canadian Rockies, which is absolutely unbelievably beautiful. My grandparents honeymoon there. Just, you know. It's good like yeah. Louise. Uh, and he said Father John's skiing accident reminded me of why I don't ski. Yeah, that was about a year ago. Can you believe that? That's right. Um so when he stumbled into the podcast, I just left seminary and spent some time uh, on a pseudo-sabbatical. It was a pretty turbulent time, not altogether happy. And he said, tapping into the podcast, reminded him why I loved his faith. And the reason I wanted to say that was because there's a lot of guys who do something really heroic to go into seminary. And it's harder, I always say, it's harder to leave seminary than it is to go. And uh, it's, it's hard to retransition and uh, to continue to discern. And then trying to figure out why did God do that and why did he call me that? My brother's an example as he went to seminary. And, uh, so I just want to commend Hugh for, uh, for having the courage to go to seminary, but even more courage to leave. And he says he's, uh, not a close story, but he, uh, he does love kind of the studying. He loves the new, uh, episodes and all the, the new kind of hanyaks we've brought in, but, um, specifically loved the evangelical councils. And I thought that was just a beautiful. It's a nice long email. I'll let you read it. But, uh, the one thing he did say, uh, that I loved, oh shoot, I can't find it so long, but he, uh, he said, you know, I get, you guys get a lot of crap for um, being so kind of, um, what would we describe it as? Offensive. <laughs> no, not offensive. I was thinking, <laughs> not scandalous. Um, but he just says, you know, keep it light, keep it fun. and Because uh, we're, always, we're always dealing with heavy topics and so difficult stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's just encouraging us to uh, keep it uh, keep it easy and cool. laugh. Because he says, you know, sometimes I listen to this and just it makes me laugh, and that's kind of all I need. Hey, that's awesome. We don't know why anybody would ever laugh at anything we say, but uh, Canadians are good-mannered good, good mannered and friendly. Yeah, so. good sense of humor. Thanks, Hugh. They can laugh at us Americans. From uh, Canada. That's our first Canadian uh, email we've read on podcasting. I, I don't know if you read anything of that email, but... Well, the main thing I want to talk about was the seminary. Oh, that's right. And then, yeah. uh, you know, they encouraged us to be goofy, because we got some pretty crazy uh, uh, iTunes. Uh, <laughs> some very angry yeah. people about the way we do these. So, um... We don't. We like constructive criticism. Yeah, we appreciate it. When you say you guys suck and you're beavis and butthead, uh, that doesn't. It kind of just.
1: I think that was actually a positive one. Was it? Okay, yeah, yeah, I it should was. reread it. But yeah,
0: send us emails. We
1: we love it. Uh, Catholic Stuff Podcast at Gmail, and check out our Facebook page. we actually have this. Um, we have a new plan for our Facebook page, just to kind of be more active. We on We got it. a lot of plans. Yeah, yeah. So uh, go check us out on Facebook. We're gonna, Hopefully, my goal is to have like regularly put putting uh our podcast up there just for people to comment on also maybe some pictures of us up there people have been asking for that and and i really want to put like topics up and be like hey which topics do you guys think we should do these are the ones we're considering you know just to just to have more listener input that would be cool so uh catholic stuff you should know facebook i think so
0: catholic stuff you should know facebook web uh and send us emails we love emails especially from friendly canadians catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com thanks for listening we'll talk to you next week